This is Law of One, Session 64. We're continuing. July 26, 1981, received. This is um, 21 exchanges, and we finished the first uh, seven or six last time. Um, long discussion ending last time, 64-6. Uh, the spiritual practices, the spiritual work of Ra in late sixth density to continue their own evolution into seventh density, and how they too are um, balancing, but from the perspective of unity. And these quotes, I won't go over the whole answer of 64.6 again, but um, Ra is really providing um, another way of thinking about the level of higher self, the uh, achievement of what's called unified self, or the law of one, uh, and a, an analysis of uh, creation or the seven-dimensional octave from the perspective of uh, unity. And they uh, don't do the work of surrounding themselves in light. They have become light, or they've realized that their nature is light, based on an understanding that there's no other material except light. Light, of course, is intelligent energy. Light, love, love, light. The basis of the seven frequencies or colors or seven rays or dimensions and seven energy bodies, the basis of the seven rays is the one of intelligent energy, which is called light. Its nature is love, infinite love. And there's no material except light. All seven densities can be seen as material. Uh, yet this is a concept. And Ra talked about the concept of light. And that's why Ra said you are dancing thoughts. Not You're not living in a material universe. You are dancing thoughts. Now why didn't Ra say you are light? Because they already know that um, essential identity is the Logos. Uh, and the vehicles of experience are all of light, meaning the seven rays, which uh, compose, which which are you know differentiations of, uh, or as you know manifestations or uh, composites of seven rays, form, body, mind, spirit, and the vehicles of experience for higher self and even the seventh density entity. Their body level, their mind uh, activity are all um, manifestations of light, or a seven-ray uh, frequency fields uh, whose nature is light, whose nature is love, whose true identity is the Logos. And so uh, their search has become internalized as we become light, love, and love, light. They become, or they realize that their nature is intelligent energy. From that, they will realize that um, that level of that that level of identity <clears throat> is still not essential because light is a concept in the mind of the infinite, or light is a concept projected or experienced by intelligent infinity itself. Intelligent infinity discerns the concept of infinity, uh, thereby gives rise to the concept of light, which gives rise to the seven dimensions, which are the illusion, which is which constitutes the illusion of limits. These are phrases that are very critical to understand. So anyway, uh, yet um, their search is internalized, and our search may be understood to be internalized when you realize that the outer, the supposedly outer world is not outer. The supposedly inner mind is not inner. The mind and the the, the supposed, you know, the apparent inner mind and the apparent outer world is one field. And that's the field of light, and um, that's um, that. That recognition is akin to the internalization of the search, as Ross says they're doing. The new material starts sixty-four-seven. Don's asking, would it be helpful if Ra were to describe the techniques used while Ra was in third density to evolve in mind, body, and spirit? Ra said, this query lies beyond the law of confusion. No, it's an infringement. We can't tell you what we did in third density. But you see, they have a lot. They've talked extensively, actually, about their 
their uh, social harmony and the use of sexual spiritual sexuality or spiritual use of sexuality they talked about their use with uh, their training with pyramid and crystal and crystal healing so you know in the tarot so they, they actually gave a lot but Don pushes it and we see 64 8 what about fourth density experience of Ra would that also lie beyond the law of confusion meaning the law of free will meaning is it infringement on free will uh, to speak it if not if it is an infringement then um, it, it's a, another again a matter of, of not violating the uh, our right to remain confused <laughs> the law of free will as the law of confusion the violation of the law of free will is a violation of the uh, of the 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 spiritual or um, universal benefit of allowing um, a being to remain in its confusion so that it has the opportunity to remove its confusion itself which is called soul evolution the removal of confusion and taking that away from somebody is a form of violation and so that's why talking to people giving them truth they don't want talking too much talking at the wrong time um, over talking uh, cutting people off even I mean I'm guilty of all this sometimes but uh, all very subtle forms of wrong speech or unskillful speech even in service to other um, are, uh, are ultimately um, you know subtle violations of the law of free will or beyond the law of confusion because um, it 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 somehow damages the current confusion of the mind of the other who is not seeking help from us in that case they're seeking a measured help maybe they're just seeking unconditional acceptance they just seek to be heard they just just listen to me is all they really want let me speak not I want to hear you tell me this and that now they may ask that and then it's appropriate but if they don't ask that and they're just speaking it's really the higher service to to offer the unconditional acceptance of a spacious field in which we may, may let them have their freedom and not um, infringe on their current condition which is again actually allowing them to work their own way through their own confusion so um, an understanding of, of non-infringement grows more subtle as one's wisdom grows along the path too and now Ra, um, Ra basically says the fourth density experience, their fourth density experience, does also lie beyond the, lie beyond the law of confusion. And their answer to, you know, Don asking about, how about your 4D experience, Ra said, you know, this is correct. Meaning, <clears throat> it also, you know, explaining it also lies, is an infringement of the law of free will. You guys got to figure out what, what fourth density work is. So, Ra says 64.8, this is correct. Let us express a thought, Ra is not elite. To speak of our specific experiences to a group which honors us <clears throat> is to guide to the point of a specific advising. Our work was that of your peoples, of experiencing the catalyst of joys and sorrows. Our circumstances were somewhat more harmonious. Let it be said that any entity or group may create the most splendid harmony in any outer atmosphere. Ra's experiences are no more than your own. Yours is the dance at this space-time in third density harvest. So, the harvest is now. The physical domain is space-time. Uh, your dancing thoughts, <laughs> the, the flickering of consciousness... Uh, or restless ninth, restlessness ninth fetter in Buddhism is the dancing light itself is polarized that's why we say light love love light that's why there's yin yang that's what comes down to the polarity of wisdom love or receptivity reflectivity uh, male female day night positive negative path <clears throat> all of that is the basis of dancing um, Ra is saying we're not elite and interestingly they're saying uh, this is actually a window to the elder confederation perspective associated with why they don't land on the white house lawn and why any government operative such as there are, have been many and continue to be 
who claims the Positive Confederation is working directly with humanity or secret military groups um, is probably uh, deceived or deceiving or mistaken uh, because they're saying to speak to um, a group which honors us if you think we're great uh, and to um, to tell you exactly what what's going on for us is in their view an infringement to guide to a point of specific advising <clears throat> because you think we're so wonderful because you look up to us if we simply explain so much about our process you're going to feel that you should do the same but Ra's not saying you should do what we did and they're saying you know don't look up to us <laughs> look to yourselves and look to your path and so they too experience the catalyst of joys and sorrows that's what life's about actually that's very much the progression from um, self-consciousness and third density to higher self. Uh, joy and sorrow is the result of desire. Successful uh, achievement of desire leads to joy. The degradation of that experience leads to sorrow. The loss of the, the inability to acquire the object of desire, inability to acquire, uh, is of sorrow. The loss of the preferred object is sorrow. The degradation of the experience in mind after achievement of desire is sorrow. All the bitter taste of loss, based on <laughs> impermanence and anatta. The, the impermanence, the insubstantiality of all feelings, they all degrade. You know, I buy this beautiful bracelet, what a beautiful mineral, stone, <clears throat> and uh, the first few days I feel joy. And uh, three months later, I don't. I don't feel much of anything. Maybe I like it, but it's not a. It doesn't tickle my fancy anymore. So, even the jo even joy degrades. <clears throat> and that's that's the experience, uh, basically, of grasping or seeking, uh, till the point when we're free from seeking, ultimately in seventh density. Their ser their experiences were more harmonious, obviously, and making a splendid harmony in outer atmosphere, meaning a, a beautiful planetary civilization, is not a very difficult matter. <laughs> you know, technology won't save us. Morality and uh, basically uh, sincerity might. Morality is uh, the basis of the right use of technology. <laughs> morality is the basis of the right use of mind, the right use of will. And with morality, which really means, you know, true, true virtue. It doesn't mean goody two-shoes, it means true virtue. Harmlessness, non-infringement, honesty, you know, the, the one for all and all for one. Uh, with that, <laughs> it's not difficult to make a splendid, harmonious outer atmosphere. But obviously, Earth humanity is uh, incapable of, of that uh, morality. 64.9 the question was brought up recently having to do with possible records left near or in or under the Great Pyramid at Giza. I have no idea whether this would be a benefit. <laughs> I will just ask if there's any benefit in investigating in that area. And Ross says, we apologize for seeming to be so shy of information. However, any words upon this particular subject create the possibility of infringement upon free will. So Ra is bang, bang, bang saying, we can't talk about our experience in third density, we can't talk about our experience in fourth density, we can't talk about records left near, in, under the Great Pyramid of Giza. Uh, you see, what's happening here is that the level of metaphysical dialogue has deepened so much so to 64, session 64, in my opinion, that uh, transient questions can't be entertained, more so than before. Uh, the transient material has been uh, vacated, <laughs> has been vented. And when you get to a deep level of working uh, alone or with a teacher, um, the standards increase. And of much, much, you know, he who has much, of, of he who has much, much is expected. And so um, Ra continues to hold a, a, a tight line here to Don and to us saying uh, focus upon essentials please 
um, you can't copy, you shouldn't copy us, but you should certainly investigate, you know, turn the light inward, turn the light upon yourself. That's the spiritual path. And um, there's less um, space at this point for transient discussion. 6410. Uh, but this does seem to indicate, yes, there are records in or near or under the Great Pyramid. 6410. In a previous session, Don says, which was uh, session 63, question 3, now we're getting back into the biorhythm discussion. Don says, 6410. In a previous session, you mentioned the gateway of magic for the adept occurring in 18 day cycles. Could you expand on that information, please? This is the adept cycle. Um, Ra explains the mind body spirit complex is born under a series of influences, both lunar, planetary, cosmic, and in some cases, karmic. The moment of the birthing into this illusion begins the cycles we have mentioned, which are cycles of body and uh, intellect and adept, and emo body, emotional, intellectual, and adept, the four cycles. The spiritual or adept cycle, which is the fourth cycle, the spiritual or adept cycle is an 18-day cycle and operates with the qualities of the sine wave. Thus, there are a few excellent days on the positive side of the curve, that being the first nine days of the cycle, precisely the fourth, the fifth, and the sixth, when workings are most appropriately undertaken, given that the entity is still without total conscious control of its mind-body-spirit distortion reality. The most interesting portion of this information like that of each cycle, is the noting of the critical point wherein passing from the ninth to the tenth and from the eighteenth to the first days, the adept will experience some difficulty, especially when there is a transition occurring in another cycle at the same time. At the nadir of each cycle, meaning the low point, the adept will be at its least powerful, but will not be open to difficulties in nearly the same degree that it experiences at critical times. So there are a lot of interesting principles here. Number one, um, the entity called mind-body-spirit complex uh, at birth is born under or born at the time of a particular composite or confluences of multiple influences, a series or a composite of multiple influences, lunar of the moon, planetary, associated with Earth and location, uh, cosmic, meaning astrology and, and the adept cycle, and in some cases karmic. To me, it seems always karmic. So I don't know why Ross says sometimes, in some cases karmic. seems to me it's always the whole, <laughs> the, the whole um, gestalt of such influences is, is in the karmic stream, obviously. Then, the moment of the birthing into this illusion, 3D space-time, begins the cycles we've mentioned, all of the cycles, so we're multiple cycles, okay? So say we're, we're at the moon, and it's a 28-day cycle, the planet, and it's, uh, what, rotation around the sun, and other energy cycles of the year, annual cycle, cosmic, astrology, um, and, and very subtle ones too, and then karmic, of course, always. <laughs> but but karmic cycle is different than karmic influence, so that's, that's what Ra's talking about, but that's too subtle for right now. The fourth of the biorhythm cycles that Ra presented is called the spirit or the spiritual cycle or the adept cycle, the gateway of magic. 18 days, like a sine wave, goes up, goes down, goes up, goes down. Uh, there, You've got basically, um, you can divide the sine wave into four. First you divide the, the sine, the, the, the full wave into two. That which is above a linear horizontal uh, mid you know baseline that which is above is 18 is nine days that which is below is another nine days but uh, within the nine days above and the nine days below uh, of the two portions of the sine wave in the first in that which is above and that which is below you've got that which is ascending and then descending and then for the one below you've got that which is descending and that which changes trajectory to the ascending Okay, so so you've got four uh, of ascending above the line, you've got or four and a half, and you've got four and a half descending above the midline or the horizontal baseline. 
then you have four and a half descending below the baseline and four and a half beginning to ascend above below the baseline so you've got uh, ascension above descension above descension below ascension below if you can figure that out and now we have a helicopter nearby so <clears throat> Interestingly, Ross saying the fourth and the fifth and the sixth uh, are considered excellent because they're the most high of the ascending half cycle uh, of um, uh, above the baseline. So those are the most uh, opportune. But you know, I wouldn't guide my life this way. So, and uh, Ra's not saying you should either. Ra didn't say you should have the sessions in concordance with assessment of the most opportune days. Rod didn't say that at all. So, uh, you know, <laughs> astrology is there, but God is here also, to paraphrase Nityananda. So, <clears throat> also interestingly, Ra talks about, you know, that, that if you want to do this kind of uh, timing of magical working in association with those particular days, the most excellent days on the uh, of, of the ascending arc uh, above the baseline, the positive side of the curve. Uh, that's useful for everybody, yeah, sure, um, who still has karma or is still not, you know, fully enlightened, meaning, and Ra gives a phrase for that being, still without total conscious control of its mind-body-spirit distortion reality, mind-body-spirit complex is a mind-body-spirit complex is a distortion. It's basically again, it's a you know a, a transient field, uh, field of energies, uh, seven array uh, energies, but it's a distortion because it's not yet um, perfectly harmonized internally or to intelligent energy. Uh, but it's our reality, apparent reality, uh, without total conscious control. Control doesn't mean. Um, negative path, service to self, controlling. It's about mastery, self-mastery. And that's the difference between a, a Buddha um, or Lords of Karma or those that are free of samsara or seven-dimensional rebirth. <clears throat> they are masters of the seven dimensions. And it's, you can say total control, but you can say mastery, but it doesn't mean domination and controlling of, of, of anybody against free will obviously. So, just um, different words can be used. Um, and again, Ra's saying that what, what is actually dangerous or what, what are the periods of difficulty in the 18-day cycle are uh, nodal points, transitional points. Passing from the 9th to the 10th, the um, basically going from the, at the descensional portion of that which is above the baseline, the ending of that which is above the baseline, to the beginning of that uh, of the nine days that are below the baseline, uh, nine to ten, eighteen to one. Interestingly, that that baseline is sort of like um, it's similar to dawn, it's sunrise, sunset. The the moment of sunrise uh, can be considered as eighteen to one. The moment of sunset is the transition of 9 to 10, we may say, analogously. And um, at the nadir of that, that, there's some kind of, you know, it's considered metaphysically that these are sacred moments. The, um, trans, the, the moment of sunrise and the moment of sunset. These are sacred in the sense that they're phase shifts. They're moments of phase shifting. And um, it's very common, of course, that, that spiritual practice is done um, at sunrise and sunset in different traditions. So, um, interesting, you know, um, aspects, little information here for people who are involved in uh, cycles management. 6411. Then to find the cycles, we would take the instant of birth and the emerging of the infant into or from the mother into this density and start the cycle at that instant, and continue it through the life. Is this correct? Ross said, this is mostly correct. 
It's not necessary to, in, to identify the instant of birthing, interestingly. The diurnal cycle upon which this event occurs is satisfactory for all but the most fine workings. So, um, you see, this is a matter of um, magnification uh, of analysis. Is it important? Is it not important? Well, it depends on, on how, how, how much you wish to magnify your focus. It depends on um, how meticulous you wish to be. Uh, is it important? Is it not? Well, uh, depending on your motivation or your need or the need of, uh, for which you're doing the analysis, it's important or not. Um, it's, Ross says it's not necessary to identify the instant of birthing, but it surely is if you want most fine workings. So is it or isn't? It depends on, on that which you're um, attempting or what, what the objective is. So in most cases, sure, it's good enough to just take the day of birth for what? Determination of astrological cycles and the, and the biorhythm cycles, the four cycles of body, emotion, or physical, emotional, intellectual, and adept. Sure, you can just take the day. But uh, some people want to do most fine workings. And, um, you know, most fine workings means highly meticulous. Then, yes, indeed, you need to know the instant of birth. I mean, who knows that? But, um, you know, the degree of focus um, depends on the objective for which you're focusing, <laughs> for which you're involved in that, in that seeking. Do you seek a fine, precisional uh, comprehension? or a basic overview. This is critical. And so you can know in detail and depth and precisionally if you seek such. 6412, <clears throat> Don goes on, now, uh, am I correct in assuming that whatever magic the adept would perform would be more successful, or shall we say, more to his design than that performed at less opportune times in the cycle? Um, Talking about magic, do uh, adepts <clears throat> doing white magic, uh, car, you know, um, correlating, synchronizing that ritual activity to uh, particular days of the 18-day cycle for the adept. Yep, seems to be. Ross said, "Yeah, this cycle is a helpful tool to the adept." Yeah, but as we said, as the adept becomes more balanced, the workings designed. Will be, less depend, will be dependent less and less upon these cycles of opportunity and more and more even in their efficacy. And that's the point. Ra is not um, recommending we do this. Again, they did not recommend that the group uh, hold sessions in accord with the ADEPT cycle or any other cycle. They didn't say it's useless. This is called, you know, fine discernment. It is helpful. It's a, uh, knowing the cycles, doing white magic in accord with the cycles, and uh, you black magicians listening will do your thing too, uh, for those doing magic, for adepts doing uh, ritual, yeah, it's helpful to accord um, activity with the uh, most favorable beneficent cycle days, yeah, but um, particularly for the positive path, as we become more balanced, um, the efficacy of workings, I, you know, I'm not doing white magic, so I'm not interested in this, but the more, if we're talking about efficacy of workings, the more balanced the entity, the more efficacious, the more successful, the more potent, the more, um, you know, uh, positively effective the, the activity ritual will be, as the entity becomes more and more balanced, which means uh, more and more purified of lower triad blockages, obviously. So while cycle analysis and uh, synchronization may be useful, to focus on this is beneath you, frankly, in my view. It's beneath uh, the law of one. And, um, you know, again, <laughs> cycles are there, but God is here too, <laughs> to paraphrase Nityananda. 64.13, Don says, I have no ability to judge whether, at what point, at what level of abilities, the adept would reach this point of being, shall we say, independent of the cyclic action. That wasn't Ra's phrase, but it's one way of looking at it. 
can you give me an, an indication of what level of adeptness that would be necessary to be so independent? Ra said, we are fettered from speaking specifically, due to this group's work, for to speak would seem to be to judge. However, we may say that you may consider this cycle in the same light as the so-called astrological balances within your group. That is, they are interesting but not critical. And that's the, that, that's the mature perspective on all cycles influential upon the human being, in my view. Um, the physical cycle associated with physical body and the emotional and intellectual and the adept cycle, the four, you know, the three biorhythms, physical, emotional, intellectual, and the adept's 18-day cycle, astrological, lunar, planetary, um, they are interesting, they are influential, but they're not critical. And so, the adept is not independent of cyclical action. It is that the adept is unswayed by cyclical influence. Um, don't don't go into don't become the fox in the back of the temple. Um, the awakened one is not free of karma. The awakened one is one with karma, and that non um, non separation is freedom. Uh, unification or non duality um, is the heart of moksha, liberation freedom. And so, yes, the as far as I know, yeah, the adept, even fully balanced, the crystallized healer, is um, affected by uh, cyclical, influ uh, cyclical energy influences, or energy of cyclical influence. Multiple cyclical influences of energy does affect an adept, does affect everybody, but they're not swayed by it. Um, you know, it's like uh, the difference between the person who's upset at the rain and the person who keeps walking and, and you know notices it and keeps going and continues their thought or meditation or whatever uh, yes it's raining on me there was some story I think of a Tibetan Lama who was given LSD <laughs> this is a story I don't know if it's really true a long time ago and um, you know the disciples uh, Westerners were saying wow what are you feeling are you what, what's going on are you tripping and the and the the lama calmly said something like, "Hmm, I'm hallucinating." <laughs> like, yeah, okay, you know, uh, illusory uh, visual images are projecting in the mind now. Uh, whatever. So, um, uh, the cycles affect us, and it is interesting, and it can be helpful to know them for sure, but they're not critical, um, and so. Uh, Atman lives beyond the cycles. The law of one is transcyclic. 64.14, thank you, Don says. I read that recent, recent research has indicated that the normal sleep cycle for entities on this planet occurs one hour later each diurnal period, meaning day, so that we have a 25-hour cycle instead of a 24. Is this correct? And if so, why is this? Ross says this is in some cases correct. The planetary influences from which those of Mars experience memory have some effect upon these third-density physical body complexes. This race, Martian, has given its genetic material to many, in brackets, bodies upon your plane, which is a very fine bracket, bracket uh, inclusion there. So, um, Ra seems to be suggesting that uh, in association with the Martian soul transfer 75,000 years ago, um, there is transfer of some Martian origin genetic material now in uh, you know the physical bodies of lots of folks who are alive today, I guess, in which there is... Um, some kind of um, normal sleep cycle advancement of one hour later each day, so that there's some kind of 25-hour cycle. You know, I don't know what this thing really means, but they experience a 25-hour cycle that's related to the sleep patterns or the biorhythms of, of the biology and brain chemistry, of course. It's a pegged to a 25-hour cycle, not 24 but that's associated with the Martian. 
and that's you know that the the interesting point to me is just that um, genetic material of 3D Earth human bodies now may be correspondent to or influenced by or analogous to or identical to in some corresponding way the genetics of beings on Mars uh, over 75,000 years ago. So we um, are utilizing Martian genetics somewhat. You know, I'm not a geneticist, but it does seem that um, at least in this case, the transfer of souls from Mars to Earth also included the um, recapitulation or um, um, recreation, reassembling, um, reestablishing, or carry through of some of the Martian genetics in their 3D bodies, 3D space-time bodies, to the bodies of people living on Earth. Okay. 6415. Don says, thank you again. And here's a big answer associated with healing. Very interesting. It's maybe getting close to the end of our talking here. Don says, uh, Ra mentioned the ones Stuart and Douglas in a recent session. That was session 62. These are members of what we call our medical profession. What is the value, overall value, shall I say, of modern medical techniques in alleviating bodily distortions with respect to the purpose for these distortions and what we might call karma and other effects? Which is a very interesting question. Um, how, what, what's, what are the dynamics of um, allopathic medical intervention? in uh, assisting healing of uh, people in relation to the karmic basis of such illness or um, symptomatic condition of the body of the person, the patient, as being a catalyst for mind learning. Uh, To what extent can the person learn or to what extent does medical allopathic intervention that cures symptoms actually help when the purpose for which the illness or pathological condition of body, uh, the basis for its formation was um, um, a needed balancing in mind, or a the, the development the development of particular attitudes or uh, adjustments in view, like uh, I should be more patient or um, I should love myself more, or it would be helpful. You know, it's a matter of not should particularly. We can, I use the word should, it's habit, but it would be more helpful and beneficial to me if I adjust my attitudes um, and, and not cause myself this illness, you know, like the, the businessman with the ulcer who's impatient, uh, the woman who needs sleeping pills because she can't sleep. Why? because uh, she's uh, fraught, distraught with worry. Why? Because there's certain things she hasn't thought through, which she should, or ought to, for her own benefit. Think it through. Then you'll be able to get to sleep, because your uh, insomnia may be the result of um, blockage in the uh, thinking-through process of the very real problems that you ought to um, uh, discover solutions to. You know, so people can't sleep. Why? because I'm thinking too much. About what? About real problems, perhaps, or usually, that the person needs to comprehend and, and analyze out and, and um, discover, uh, you know, greater, uh, discover uh, the nature of the problem or the solution. Uh, but they take a little sleeping pill uh, and they go to sleep. <laughs> and the real problems remain and remain uncomprehended. And duh, that leads to more trouble in one's life. So you take the sleeping pill and you end up hurting yourself further by making poor decisions, perhaps, by lack of comprehension of the matters that you hadn't comprehended that had been kept you up at night for (laughs) causing insomnia, for which you take the stupid little sleeping pill, which leads you to sleep very well, perhaps, and remain oblivious to the very important uh, reasoning, thinking, understanding process of that which had been keeping you up at night. (laughs) Please. So Don, knowing something about that, um, asks um, Ra to address their light, to 
to this uh, to this zone. Ross says this query is convoluted. However, we shall make some observations in lieu of attempting one coherent answer, for that which is allopathic among your healing practices is somewhat two-sided. Uh, firstly, and I'll just read these three paragraphs. Firstly, you must see the possibility, probability, that each and every allopathic healer is in fact a healer. Within your cultural nexus, this training is considered the appropriate means of perfecting the healing ability. In the most basic sense, any allopathic healer may be seen to, perhaps, be one whose desire is service to others in alleviation of bodily complex and mental-emotional complex distortions, so that the entity to be healed may experience further catalyst over a longer period of what you call the life. This is a great service to others, when appropriate due to the accumulation of distortions towards wisdom and love, which can be created through the use of the space-time continuum of your illusion. Second paragraph. In observing the allopathic concept of the body complex as the machine, dux, dux ex machina, machina, we may note the symptomology of a societal complex seemingly dedicated to the most intransigent desire for the distortions of distraction, anonymity, and sleep. This is the result rather than the cause of societal thinking upon your plane. Third, in turn, this mechanical concept of the body complex has created the continuing proliferation of distortions towards what you would call ill health, due to the strong chemicals used to control and hide bodily distortions. There is a realization among many of your peoples that there are more efficacious systems of healing not excluding the allopathic, but also including the many other avenues of healing. And that's the point, is um, spiritual development is inclusive, not exclusive. Um, development of consciousness, uh, you know, is um, accumulative. Uh, the person who's activated in fifth chakra well, truly developed fifth chakra, is not only wisdom developed, but also love developed. You know, fifth chakra life is one, two, three, four, five, not only five. And so, um, it's important to use whatever works and admit and accept and integrate whatever is true. Uh, there are elements of allopathic healing that are very helpful, and that's Ra's first, you know, Ra is a, is a master, is an enlightened being, or more or less, you know, is the master of the temple, or at least a good senior student here, and says there are two sides to the matter. One is that, uh, in fact, these people who are doctors and psychiatrists, particularly, in the, uh, you know, they're accredited with their regulations and their, uh, their social standing, in fact, they may really be healers. Shockingly, some of them really are pure in their intention to be of service to others, even though uh, they're laboring under the allopathic delusion that the body complex is a machine, or the mechanical concept of the body complex, or a mechanical view of what body is, body as uh, a machine, uh, you know, as a lump of flesh, or a mechanical, uh, you know, billiard board. <laughs> that that is um, simply um, born of and operates under a physical law independent of something called mind or spirit or karma. They have no idea of um, the spiritual nature of body. Body as an energy system associated with mind, associated with um, causal, uh, causal stream, past, present, and future. They don't know that at all. That's why it's called personal psychology, not transpersonal. The transpersonal understands a higher dimensions of mind or a deeper understanding of what body is beyond its physical, mechanical uh, properties. Then Ra's saying that, well, first of all, any allopathic healer may really be a healer. In society, in the world today, uh, going into, you know, becoming a Western doctor or allopathic doctor is, uh, you know, offered as the way to help others um, through physical healing. The, you know, there are not really 
so many options for people who want to be a healer of body um, in, in any official formal way outside the, the Western, you know, medical profession. So any healer, any doctor in that tradition may really be somebody who has pure desire to serve others, to alleviate, Ross said, bodily complex and mental-emotional distortions, meaning uh, body symptomology and psychological distress, body-mind. So the doctor and the psychiatrist. Uh, and why, what is the purpose of healing? Well, Ra gives the most simple level, I think, which is that the person may live longer. <laughs> they may experience further catalyst over a longer period of life and may live longer and not die younger because they're working through their catalyst or healing body-mind to the point where they don't have to die young because they're not listening or learning. They're not distilling love-light by their, by their life. That's the va great value of you know medical and, and psychiatric intervention, successful medical psychiatric intervention, helps the person live longer uh, so that they may distill more love-light or uh, use their life experience catalyst, life catalyst, uh, to continue on their spiritual path, you know, <laughs> for the future. And so um, this is the accumulation of distortions towards wisdom and love created through the use of space-time continuum of your illusion. Only ETs talk like this. So this means the, the value of having longer time in space-time, longer experience in space-time, longer incarnation. Uh, this is the use of the space-time continuum of your illusion um, so that the person can develop more love-wisdom. But in the case of the current delusion of the medical profession and the psychiatric profession, their current delusion that the body is a machine, body complex as a machine, or the mechanical concept of body, um, this, in Ra's opinion, and Ra doesn't pull any punches here, uh, this is a symptom, a result of a societal sickness. The vast sinkhole of indifference, the uh, distortions which infect your people whose depths they cannot plumb, this is this notion that the body is a machine or a mechan or or a mechanical product is the result in Ra's opinion here of the dedication of human society to a profound desire for distraction anonymity and sleep so i've used this triad often this is um a simplistic but very deep cutting analysis of um three aspects of human society or three of the guiding um, desire, attachments, tendencies, habitual ways of being of Earth humanity. The 3D repeater. The 3D repeater psychology. right? The, the triadic basis of the 3D repeater psychology being intransigent desire. Intransigent meaning um, unshakable, um, pervasive, <laughs> deeply rooted and uh, hard to get rid of distortion, desire for distortions, desire for distraction, anonymity, and sleep. Distraction, um, I see basically as associated with um, physical my physical engagement or um, body, uh, body, you know, I, I see in this triad, body, mind, spirit, the, the triadic nature of, of our being, body is, is uh, devoted to distractions, right? You know, going to amusement parks. <laughs> I mean, there are countless things that are not not problematic. You see, activity uh, that we may call distraction, right? Um, watching, uh, you know, Eminem sing. <laughs> you know, going to uh, color party, color dust throwing festivals. Uh, is it a distraction? Well, it depends on the consciousness of the people there. But in many cases... Uh, distraction to me is uh, undue emphasis or a high valuation on that which is ultimately meaningless other than um, you know the, the seeking or the acquisition of um, very impermanent um, sensations of happiness and pleasure the, the seeking of very short-term you know very short-term goal distraction of body uh, attention or body engagement where what we do with our body we engage in distraction. Distraction is lack of focus. It's one, two, three. It's, you know, sitting on the back of the motorbike, staring into the cell phone. 
Anonymity at the level of mind or heart or society is the profound lack of uh, community of humanity on earth. Profound, and it's very galling and painful for wanderers who haven't recognized um, why they feel uh, anomie or distress, uh, existential angst. Is uh, people are really are disassociated from each other, Disasso- disassociated, disassociated, misassociated, dis, uh, disconnected, disunified, and that's the profound mind to mind or relational anonymity of Earth humanity. Sleep means a complete unwillingness to um, seek spiritually or to seek the answer, and and these tendencies of body, mind, spirit in um, uh, human civilization, Earth human civilization, um, the 3D repeater psychology, leads to the delusion that body is uh, a machine. Then, Roth said, this uh, delusion, <laughs> I call it a delusion, a strong delusion, that the body is a machine, leads to this continuing proliferation or continuing ill health of Earth humanity, due to strong chemicals used to control and hide body distortions or symptoms. Treating the symptoms, not the causes, the uh, specialty of Western medicine, at least uh, pharmaceutical culture, pharmacia, (laughs) pharmacopia, meaning uh, witchcraft. It's a kind of Babylonian witchcraft. Pharmacopia, pharmacia, is a Babylonian witchcraft, which is uh, strong chemicals. You know, you ever look at the name of drugs and, and pharmaceuticals? They have some pretty weird names, huh? You don't think those are Babylonian black magical spells? Hmm? You're damn right they are. So, uh, be careful. Be careful. Uh, this, uh, so such, you know, 3D psychology, collective psychology giving rise to this profound uh, continuing desire for distraction, anonymity, and sleep. Which is basically, um... It's like it's like um, you know eating eating um, tasteless food, tasteless uh, non-nutritional food. The person has this continuing desire to eat more because whatever they're eating doesn't do the trick. It doesn't have a taste. It doesn't satisfy, and it doesn't nourish. And so they want more and more and more. Uh, and that's you know the basis of distraction. That leads to. Uh, ultimately, you know, these tendencies um, give rise to, a dis- dis- you know, the distorted misunderstanding of body as a machine, which gives rise to the idea that, you know, just give this machine the right chemicals uh, to degunk it or to make this and that change over here or over there. Uh, these are, you know, the, the Babylonian uh, pharmacopoeia, pharma- pharmacia, strong chemicals that control and hide distortions, meaning don't treat underlying causal causes uh, of illness. Of course, bone setting and things like that are quite good, but pharmaceuticals, you know, they just can't help you. They're just not going to help. They get rid of symptoms, but symptoms are, are <laughs> results of causes, and the causes um, are not healed ultimately by pharmaceuticals. Now, it may be in some cases, sure, but um, let the buyer beware. Um, and so anyway... Um, Ra's saying finally yes there is realization of many people now of these dynamics that uh, there are more efficient efficacious ways of healing than uh, strong chemicals used to treat um, a body that is considered a machine but again uh, we don't need to exclude the allopathic but include more not either or but both and getting close to the end here um, let's see how far we can go 6416 let us assume that a bodily distortion occurs within a particular entity who then has a choice of seeking allopathic aid or experiencing the catalyst of the distortion and not seeking correction of the distortion can you comment on the two possibilities for this entity and his analysis of each path two ways of um, of working with uh, sickness or body illness, uh, they either can go to the Western-trained, uh, you know, medical doctor, allopathic aid, or 
Don is saying, experiencing the catalyst of the distortion, meaning experiencing the symptom uh, itself. This not seeking correction of the distortion is, a, I think, a misphrase, misphrasing, because he doesn't mean that the person just sits experiencing the catalyst and does nothing. What I think he means is um, not seeking external allopathic correction or alleviation of the body symptom, but works on it mentally or uh, alone. Ross said, if the entity is polarized towards service to others, analysis properly proceeds along the lines of consideration of which path offers the most opportunity for service to others. For the negatively polarized entity, the antithesis is the case. For the unpolarized entity, the considerations are random and most likely in the direction of the distortion towards comfort. <laughs> Ra didn't perhaps, you know, you see, Don's question can be answered only to the dis- only to the depth that it's a clear, comprehensive, uh, it's a clear, formulate, clearly formulated question. If the question is confused, Ra's answer uh, sometimes can't go so deep. If, if, if you don't know what you're asking, you're, you're not going to get a great answer. So uh, 50% of the answer is formulating uh, a precise question. If you really want to know something, get clear exactly what it is you want to know. Your process of getting clear exactly what you want to know is, is, is the majority of the distance to the answer. <laughs> you know, a clear um, configuration of the question or a targeting of my seeking um, has, the, has the target in, in, in scope, in view. Clearly configuring uh, exactly what you wish to know is um, an essential focusing that leads very um, directly, you know, you've got the target sighted. What do I want to know? And if you ask a confused question, you get a very, uh, uh, you know, kind of unhelpful answer generally. Not always, but, you know, it's very important to ask, to get clear about what you don't know and what you want to know, if you wish to know. Um, doing that is uh, the bulk of the work, actually. Getting ready for the work is um, the most important part of the work, actually. Because then, uh, from here to there is a straight line, and you already know where you're going. Anyway, the analysis here of um, how do different, differently polarized humans, positive, negative, and neutral, deal with the choice of how to uh, treat or heal uh, illness or body distortion. Ra saying, for those that are service to other, like us, um, analysis properly proceeds along the lines of consideration which path offers most opportunity for service to others. Meaning, uh, if I go to the hospital, you see, this is, you, have to, you have to tweak this a lot. If I go, if I'm thinking I have a, I have a, you know what, I have a cold, and I'm thinking how to handle it. Should I go to the allopathic healer, go to the hospital, or should I, uh, you know, sit at home and take ginger tea and do a little exercise and uh, talk to the sun and go into the trees and meditate and this and that? Uh, well, it would seem that going to the hospital ten times and taking their medicine and getting more sick and taking more medicine and getting more sick uh, gives me more chance to be in the hospital to be uh, talking to the people there and helping them, right? <laughs> uh, maybe not. So, what's the most opportunity for service to other? Is it uh, going to the doctor 20 times because the medicine doesn't work? Or I keep getting sick and I take everything, I know, I say, give me more, more, more? That's shallow analysis. But uh, perhaps staying alone uh, and take care of it yourself because it, it retains, if one can do it, depending on the illness and the, the process and the person, if one can do it, one uh, returns to um, you know bright mind, uh, balanced body faster, uh, from which one can radiate love light globally uh, better than going to the hospital twenty times because the medicine you take doesn't help and you keep getting sick. But you have more time to be in front of people, so that's a strange way of looking at it. But um, ultimately, when we make the right choice. It is a right choice because it supports uh, world service better. 
than the wrong choice. And that world service may be simply um, the result of that which is better for us alone um, in any one uh, decision point. Meaning, um, do the right thing. Why is it the right thing? It's beneficial. It's skillful. How? It's moral. It's ahimsa. Okay. Well, going to the hospital may be ahimsa. Going to the hospital 20 times is ahimsa. I'm not hurting anybody there. Staying home and doing it alone in two days is ahimsa because I'm not hurting myself. I'm helping. But which is the right choice? Most service to other. Right? Most opportunity for service to other. This is a very blocky way of thinking. But the right choice or the best way of handling decision points, the best course of action at decision points, is a best choice because or in association with how it does better support service to others than the wrong choice or the less uh, opportunity, the less <laughs> worthy choice. But it may not involve um, being with people and it may be much more subtle. So this is just a funny way of looking at that. Um, that, which is, that which is the best choice ultimately leaves us uh, energy consciousness beings more rapidly in a balanced condition. Thereby we can uh, be, you know, be at our best. Um, to be with others, but also to be. Uh, as a, a radiatory influence for all. Then the negative entity decides, you know, how can I screw people better? <laughs> taking allopathic or, or taking it, doing it alone. Or how can I dominate and control better? And that's how they analyze things. For the entity who's not polarized, and this is a, a little kind of um, a little hint, which we may already know, but it's an interesting point that those that are unpolarized, meaning they're, they're not committed to virtue or vice, the great sink, the vast sinkhole of indifference, Ross said, moral indifference, moral apathy, moral bafflement, moral paralysis. That is the condition of Earth today, baby, whether you know it or not. That's been the condition all the way. That's the basis of 3D repeater, 3D repeating, 3D reincarnative repeating, based in 3D psychology deeply associated with indifference um, is basically uh, distorted towards comfort, comfort seeking. If it's, if closing my eyes um, and not seeing an oncoming disaster is more comfortable, I'll do it. If uh, following the lies of smiling, uh, you know, uh, be, bejeweled royalty and politicians and following what they tell me leads me to more comfort, I'll do so. If eating uh, the junk food that hurts my body leads me to be happy in the moment, I'll do it. Mm, the avoidance of truth is ultimately um, comfort-seeking. The unwillingness to think uh, and moral relativism and moral um, apathy is ultimately a result of comfort-seeking is ultimately a result of 3D repeater psychology, the result of those that are not polarized. So non-polarization means um, amorality, amoral, not moral, meaning morality is, is considered unimportant. Comfort is considered most important, uh, or, that, or security, you know? That's very much critical to the decision-making process or the mind. Some strange creature on my leaves. Oh, a bird. Oh, and a, we have a lot of beings around these days. Anyway, uh, the the unpolarized, the, the 3D repeater, and this will be the end for today. Uh, the 3D repeater is a repeater because of 3D repeating psychology, their own psychology, their own. Uh, mental, intellectual conditions. They're not bad, but cause leads to effect. And the cause is conditions of mind, uh, are conditions of mind associated with moral valuation, 
or um, the the hierarchy of values and uh, view. And Ra is basically saying that, in general, for those that are unpolarized, uh, there there is no order or organization to how they necessarily would make this decision, allopathic healer or take care of it myself and work it through by mine, or you know, by an internal process. But but this is uh, applicable in many ways to um, the the decision making process or the values and the consciousness, the perspective of the unpolarized, the masses, the what, 95% of humans on Earth? You know, what's the harvest going to be? 5%? 8%? So, we're talking about 90% or so, or 80% that are significantly unpolarized? Or at least, you know, not harvestable doesn't mean non-polarized, but there are a lot of people, <laughs> maybe 50%, okay, who are morally, um, morally paralyzed, indifferent, apathetic, and ultimately that mind seeks short-term comfort and short-term gain and is easily duped by negatives uh, and is the ultimate reason for the um, proliferation of Orion um, influence on Earth. The, the mind of the majority that um, rejects moral consideration or a deep analysis for, of, of, of deeper value or greater value. Anyway, next time we'll start at 6417, uh, about Bigfoot, and um, some mm, discussion of balancing. We don't have a lot left in this session, only five or so, and um, we'll see what we do. We might do a shorter uh, talk next time, or I'll give a longer discussion about balancing. Anyway, thank you so much for being here today. I hope it was helpful. Uh, I appreciate your being here. Take good care of yourselves and good night.